Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. You could feel a witness of that video, couldn't you? I am grateful for the opportunity to be speaking to you tonight. And um, really just believe that this past week the Lord imparted something not only to these young people but I believe to our movement as a whole um, I really do and I believe that tonight um, I believe that tonight the Lord the Lord wants to impart that here and so let's go to Matthew chapter 6 I'm going to start with verse 5 here in a moment so thankful for these young people and their wonderful testimonies. Didn't they do a great job? So, so proud of them and who they are. And um, we had a tremendous, tremendous time in St. Louis and uh, nobody got injured. Even Sean Russell didn't get injured. And uh, so it was a good trip. It was a good trip. A guy, he did get okay. Uh, Sean is our injury-prone individual, and so <laughs> it was a great, great trip. Amen. Matthew chapter six and verse five. If you're there, say I'm there. Amen. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not notice. Everybody say red letter. Turn to your neighbor. Say Jesus is talking. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Somebody say amen to that. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Could chew on that for a while, couldn't you? Verse 8, be, be not therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Watch verse 14. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. That's pretty, pretty straightforward, isn't it? For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Jesus tells us what to pray. But right after he tells us what to pray, 
He tells us that there ought to be a spirit of forgiveness in us. Not only, uh, not only asking for forgiveness of God, but giving forgiveness and asking forgiveness of one another. Because in this end time, it's not, it's not going to be just, uh, it, it's not going to be on accident. This revival that is happening in this last day is going to happen on purpose. And it's going to occur through his body. Amen. And if we're going to see it happen through his body, his body has to be together. His body has to love one another. His body has to be able to forgive one another. Amen. And if we will forgive each other, he will forgive us. Amen. I want to preach to you tonight on this subject. In Zanesville, as it is in heaven. In Zanesville, as it is in heaven. Lift your hands with me all over the building and I want you to begin to pray. Lord, we thank you for these wonderful people that are here tonight. Lord, it's a Wednesday. Many people here are tired, just got done working. Lord, and even rushed in late just to get to the preaching. But God, I pray right now that you would touch them. God, that the scattered feeling that they feel right now, Lord, that their mind would be brought into focus, Lord, on what you want to do. I really believe, God, that you have something for us even on this Wednesday night, oh God. And I pray, oh Lord, that there would be liberty in the Holy Ghost in this room. Lord, we pray liberty in the Spirit in your sanctuary tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. If you're going to help me preach for the next 30 minutes, would you clap your hands to the Lord? God bless you. You can be seated. In our day, we pray for his will in Zanesville. That rhymed. I could put that on a t-shirt. His will in Zanesville. That's nice. I just need the royalties. <laughs> in our day, we pray, God, let, let your will come to pass here. Let, let your will come to pass in, in my city. But in Moses' day, it was his will in Egypt. Let your kingdom come in Egypt. The city wasn't Zanesville. The, the place was Egypt. Everybody say Egypt. And when God, when God began to form and fashion his plan to reach Egypt, he first chose a man. Everybody say a man. Now you would have to think that this man, this, this singular man would be somebody who was amazing. Somebody who had the talent that he was looking for. The ability that he was, I mean really, I want you to think about it. God could have chosen anyone, but he chose Moses to lead his people out of Egypt. Moses, Moses, Moses. The same guy who, if he turned in his application to a job interview, he would be the guy that would have to check the box. If you have any felonies here, check yes. Moses would have checked yes because Moses was a murderer. Moses was a man who killed another individual. And so on his application, and so in God's election process, here we find that God chooses 
a murderer. A murderer. Surely, if this man has murdered somebody, at least he chose somebody who could speak well and lead well and do all those things. Surely, he chose somebody who could do those things well. No, he doesn't check that box either. As a matter of fact, Moses had a stuttering problem. Not only was Moses a murderer, but he couldn't speak in front of crowds. (laughs) And it was that man with that a sheet of qualifications that God said, I want to use to bring my people out. I want you to think about that. You, Moses, I have chosen out of all of the people I have on the earth at that time, I've chosen you. The fact of the matter is, we hear this, but but, but it's different to hear it and know it enough to apply it and believe it for your own self. God has never called somebody that believes they are capable. God has never called somebody that believes they have the qualifications. But God always has and God always will call somebody who can believe or does believe that he is capable, that he is able, that he is willing, and that he will. God does not need your talent. God does not need your ability. God does not need your squeaky clean rap sheet. God just needs somebody that can believe that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask or even think. God chose Moses and in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 4, if you would throw that up there, We're going to walk through Exodus 3 for a moment. When the Lord saw that Moses turned aside to see, God called unto him. Out of all the people God could have picked, he chose Moses. But if Moses would have never turned aside, God would have never called. The call of God came to Moses after he turned aside. And if we are ever going to hear the call of God, amen, for our lives personally, we will first have to turn aside. We will first have to turn in, amen, to where God is. Show me somebody that will make themselves available to the presence of God, and I'll show you somebody who God is getting ready to speak to, who God is getting ready, amen, to give a revelation to. Amen. He he was looking for somebody that would turn aside. After he turned aside, he called unto him. When Moses made himself available to the presence of God, his past did not matter. His qualifications did not matter. And his abilities were irrelevant. God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And in verse 5, the Lord said, Draw not nigh hither here, Moses. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet. For the place where thou standest is holy ground. Let me walk through something with you here real quick. Let me walk you through the process that Moses went through. God tells Moses to take off his sandals. 
he told Moses to take off those sandals because it was a holy place where he was standing. And if you are going to be, amen, in this place with me, Moses, then some stuff that is on you has to come off of you. Some stuff that is attached to your life has to come out, has to come off of your life. Be ye holy, Moses, for I am holy. When God calls, can I talk about the call of God tonight? When God, I'm going somewhere, I promise. Hang with me for a moment. When God calls a man, he first calls that man to himself. He does not first call a man to a mission. He calls a man to know him, to know God. He told Peter, come and follow me, Peter. And then if you will follow me, I will make you a fisher of men. When God calls an individual, he calls us to him. Verse 6, moreover, he said, I am the Lord God of thy father. Notice, notice what's happening. Notice what's unraveling here. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon God. When Moses took his sandals off, when Moses removed the things from his world that God was asking for, God began to reveal himself. Now, Moses, let me tell you who I am. And the Lord said, I've surely seen, verse 7, the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. And he goes on, verse 8, 9, 10. He, he says, let me tell you what I see and what I plan to do, Moses. Let me tell you how you're going to be a part of my plan. Everybody say God's plan. Let me tell you how I'm going, how you're going to be a part of the plan that, that I have. Amen. God already has the plan. God already had the plan for Egypt and God already has the plan for Zanesville. Can I stop here and tell, amen, and tell this church that God already has his plan, amen, of how this revival is getting ready to unfold in this city? God already has it. God already knows how it's going to occur. God already knows who he's going to use. God already has the plan, but he needs us to tap in to that plan. It is his will that none should perish, not my will. My will, my, my, my righteousness is as filthy rags. My, the, my original state is sinful and, and wrong and wicked. But it is his will that none should perish. And if I could tap in to his will, his will, then I can see God accomplish something in my city. And Moses said, watch the reply of Moses. Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go into Pharaoh and who should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee when thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt. Ye shall serve God upon this mountain. After all of the things God begins to do in that burning bush, Moses says, God, wait a second. Hang on just, just a minute. Moses says, God, who am I? Have you ever felt that way before? God, who am I to be 
doing this? Who am I to be praying these prayers? Who am I, God, to be going after what you are calling me to do? And the Lord, almost as if he didn't hear it, says, Moses, Moses, I will be with thee. Moses, I know, I know you're worried about you, but you need to just start worrying about me. I will be with you. And if I'm with you, it's going to be all right. So he shows him. He says, Moses, I'll be with you. As a matter of fact, I'll equip you. I'll give you miracles that will unfold in your hand. I'll unfold miracles, amen, in front, of, in front of Pharaoh and these people. If you'll just do what I want you to do, I'll give you miracles. God gives them authority. I, I'll, I'll move on quickly, but God gives them. He shows them through these signs that he'll be with him in miracles. And can I tell you that when we are a part of God's plan, miracles are available to us? We've heard too much about it recently from the prophet that has been in this room. We've heard too much about the miracles that are getting ready to take place. Can I tell you right now that we are getting ready to see signs, wonders, and miracles unfold before our eyes? I thank God for social media. I thank God for flyers. I thank God for billboards. But you let somebody be raised from the dead and you don't need much more promotion than that. You let somebody be healed of cancer. You don't need a whole lot more promotion. I just want to tell somebody tonight that it is the will of God just like it was in this book. When we are following his plan, miracles are available to us. Am I in a church tonight that believes that I can lay hands on the sick and they can recover? I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about you. The Bible says the believers will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And I've come to tell you, you've been feeling inadequate. You've been feeling insufficient. You've been feeling like you're not praying enough. You're not doing enough. You don't have enough tools to get the job done. I want to tell you, it's not about what you have. It's about his will. It's about it. It's about his plan, and when you will trust his will, miracles are available to you. Oh, I, I just I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop here and preach. I don't want don't stop praying for don't stop praying for people to be healed. Don't stop praying for people that are sick in your workplace. Don't stop praying for people that are sick in your family. I believe that when I lay hands on the sick, that they will recover. You have that power. You have that authority. The Holy Ghost lives in you. And if the Spirit of God lives in you, then you can do what he did. For he said, greater works than these shall ye do. I know it's Wednesday. I know you're tired. I know you, I just really, I, I can't get this out of my spirit today. I just believe that God wants to do something in this room tonight. I just believe that God, amen, wants to do something among us in this room. Is anybody hungry to see the will of God unfold in your city? 
I want to tell you, if I'm hungry for anything, I'm hungry for God's will to come to pass in this city. I'm not looking for a stage. I'm not looking for a pulpit. I'm looking for somebody that I can pull out of the pit. I'm looking for somebody that I can reach in this city. I'm going to tell you right now, if we're not living for this, what are we living for? If we're not living to see his kingdom come, what are we living for, sir, ma'am? What else really matters? What else really holds a candle to the will of God? What else really matters in comparison to eternity, to heaven, to hell? What else really matters? I'm hungry. I'm hungry. To see God do something in this city. Pastor Nehemiah, God is already moving. God is already working. God is already doing powerful things among us. Be seated for one moment. Man, I really feel like God's going to do something in this room. Is everybody okay? First, God called Moses. Second, God convicted and sanctified Moses. Third, God revealed himself to Moses. Fourth, God revealed his purpose to Moses. And fifth, God equipped Moses. Everything that Moses needed came from God. Everything that Moses needed came from being in the presence of God. Everything that we need, ladies and gentlemen, for this last hour comes from the presence of the Lord. It comes from being with him. When you don't know what to do and you don't know what to say, it comes from being with him. When the doctors don't have the answer and bid them farewell, it comes from being with him. When you don't know what to say to the co-worker and when you feel like they've shut your voice out of their life, it comes from the presence of the Lord. Everything we need tonight, amen, to reap this harvest of this last hour will come from the presence of the Lord. It will come from the altars that have been built, amen, in this sanctuary and in your homes. Everything that we need is a product of him. I've come to tell you, we have been praying. We have been praying. We have been sowing. Now it's time for heaven to send the rain. Now it's time for the Lord to open up the windows of heaven and pour out, amen, a, a blessing on this city. I just believe we're getting ready to see a harvest. Everybody else except the young people, I want you to be seated. Young people, stand with me. Young people, I want you to look around at this church. I want you to look around at them right now. I want you to see those people. You want to know who they are? They're praying people. You want to know who they are? They're people who have sacrificed over and over. When they've been sick, they've been here. When their family is in chaos, I want you to look around. When their family has been in chaos, they've been here. 
when they're going through all hell in their life, they've been here. When they've gone through all things possible, things that you don't even realize could happen, they are still here. I want you to look at those people right now and I want you to give them a round of applause. I want you to thank them for the hours they prayed. Thank them for the sacrifice. We thank you tonight. We honor you tonight for who you are. You can be seated. I went to the hospital last night. See Sister Tabor and Brother Dunlap, Brother Wimp. Sister Tabor went into that room. She was being discharged. Only thing that she could talk about, Brother Noah, is what the Lord was doing. The only thing that she could talk about is what was happening in the church, what was happening in her family. The only thing, she was in pain, she had bleeding in her head, but the only thing that she wanted to talk about was what God was doing. I left there more blessed probably than she did by me being there. I went to Brother Wimp's room. Brother Wimp had a vein in his neck, just rupture, totally explode he's in he's in a, a lot of pain but but the only thing that brother wimp dunlap a man i believe 80 years old the only thing that wimp dunlap could talk about is i hope i hope that this can reach my family i hope that my family through this can be saved i hope this i hope through this my family can be one to him brother i believe that when you lay your hands on me i'm going to be the only thing that he could speak was faith the only thing that he could could speak, amen, was, was I believe, I believe God can, God will. I want to tell some young people tonight, it's time for us. You've got inspiration. You've got all of these things that have happened to you at Youth Congress. Now it is time for you to pick up the mantle of some of these elders. It's time for you to pick up a mantle of prayer, pick up a mantle of being hungry for the things of God. Young people, I thank God for you. I thank God for you. But I'm not going to lower the bar anymore and say, you, you all just pray a couple minutes a day. Just read a chat. No, 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 no. We're not going to lower the bar anymore for you. You can be who they are. You can pray like they pray. You can worship like they worship. You can do something for God. You want this to be more than just an event. You want this to be more than just a youth congress. You want it to be a lifestyle. Then you ought to be young people who can pray, not just in church, but at home. You ought to be young people who can call down the presence of God in your bedroom. I know, I know there's a video out there. I know, I know I've been made fun of saying fire in the bedroom. I get all that. I've said it and I, I it's funny and I laugh all the time. But be that what it is. You can think it's funny all you want to. But when I was 16 years old, the Lord was showing up in my bedroom. The fire of God was falling in my bed. I was not perfect. I didn't have it all together. But the Lord was doing something because I was hungry for the presence of God. It's time you pick up the mantle. It's time you start praying before service. It's time you start praying before Sunday morning service. Don't wait on a youth prayer meeting. When's the youth gonna call a prayer meeting? Great news, we already have them. Sunday at 9 a.m.? Sunday at 5 p.m.? 
and once a month in 24-hour prayer, we've already got them. Oh, oh, we thought we were supposed to be separate. We thought we were supposed to do our own thing. We thought this was two churches instead of one church. We thought this was two visions instead of, I've come to tell some young people, this is one vision, this is one church, we have one pastor, and we're going toward one will of what God wants to do. It's not time to sit back and say it's four months till the harvest. The harvest is now. Come on, get involved in prayer. Get involved in prayer. Get involved in prayer. In Zanesville, as it is in heaven. God's doing something in this city. Remain standing with me right now. God is doing something among us. God is doing something in our midst. Just a couple, couple weeks ago, I was praying in an altar. God God, send me to hungry people. I was praying in that men's prayer room, walking back and forth. God, send me to somebody that needs you today. Send me to somebody that's hungry for you today. And we go to Sister Dawn's mom's funeral. We go there to, to the I think, the Methodist church on Blue Avenue. We go in there, and I see a guy that I went to school with that I haven't seen for 10 years. We start talking together. We start, his heart is wide open. He's wide open to me. And we start talking. We start catching up. We start, she, he's, I start telling him about the church and about how I'm a youth pastor. And he, he said, you still doing that church thing? said, yeah, still doing that church thing. Let me tell you about that church. We got to talking about the church and what God, man, and I don't know what he felt, but I'll tell you what I felt right now. I felt the presence of the Lord show up in that conversation. I'm hungry to see God do those types of things among us. (laughs) Nothing's come out of it yet. But I promise you something's going to. He, he passed me his business card. He's a personal trainer. I, I'll start working out if I have to. You know that's a move of God. I'll start working out if I have to, but I'm going to see God. I'm going to see what God wants to do in his life because I'm not content with just having church with you. I want to have church with them. Pastor Nehemiah, Pastor Nehemiah, we went in, we went into TJ's on, uh, on a couple Tuesdays ago. We went into TJ's. He wanted to follow up with somebody that, that had been here and hadn't been back in a while. We, we went into TJ's, and man, we sat down at that, at that bar top there. Not at the bar. Praise God. Calm down. It's TJ's. <laughs> we sat down there, the bar top, all the employees were there. Man, we just got to talking about the Lord. All of a sudden, this boy named Shiloh, he's working there at TJ's. He, he starts spilling his guts about God and about how there's no way I'm here by accident. He said, my girlfriend thinks I'm crazy, but because I keep talking about God and how God spared me from not dying in that car accident and how God did this and how God did that and how God did that. I just want to tell you that God is opening doors now for you to reach people in this city. It's not later, it's now. 
God's opening doors right now in this city. But you got to catch it. You got to catch it. You got to catch the burden. You got to catch the burden. You got to catch the burden of your pastor. You got to catch the burden of Pastor Bounds. You got to catch his burden tonight in Zanesville, in my city, in my school, in my work as it is in heaven. Some of you can't catch it because you're too busy looking at what you have or what you don't have. You're too busy looking at all of your mistakes. You're too busy looking at all, out of all the things that you don't have, the words you don't have, the, the things that you don't, well, I'm not Pastor Bounds. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a minister of the gospel. I don't even know the word that good, and all you see is me, 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 me. When God is saying, it's not about you. Just look at me. Just look at me. And if you'll come to me, I'll unfold my will to you. If you'll just come to me, it doesn't matter what you have or what you don't have. Just come to me. Ha. Would you remain standing all over the house? On the last night, Brother Tuttle got up. We're getting ready to show a video. Brother Tuttle got up and broke a mindset broke a mindset among us. I want you to go ahead and play that video. God said, there are seven billion people that populate the planet. Tell me, my people, this isn't big. He said, tell them, this isn't big. somebody in this room right now I tell you as he told us this is not big this is the beginning this is not a big congregation this is the beginning of what this congregation is going to be this is not the biggest that we're going to be this is the beginning of what we're going to be get ready anchor church get ready anchor church get ready daughter works get ready campuses this is the beginning. This is the beginning. God is pouring out his spirit. Come on, come to the front, everybody that would. God's reaching for somebody right now. All you have seen is what you don't have. But if you'll just get in his presence, he'll show you what he has. He'll show you his plan. He'll show you. Come on, lift your hands all over this altar right now. Lord, 
by the authority of your word and the power of the name Jesus. I bind the spirit of inadequacy that has held us, that has held us hostage for too long. I bind the spirit of inadequacy now in the name of Jesus Christ. And I loose faith in this room to believe that with you all things are possible through us according to the power that works in us. Come on, lift your hands and receive right now. Come on, the Lord's pouring something out on this congregation tonight. He already saw the stutter when he called you. He already saw your past when he called you. He already saw it. But I hear the call of the Lord tonight. I hear the call of the Lord tonight. Come on, you don't go to a big church. Come on, you do not go to a big church. You go to a church that's in the beginning phases, amen, of its operation. This is the beginning of the anchor church. This is the beginning of a church that's not gonna fit here in three years. This is the beginning. Come on, stretch your mind. Stretch your mindset to believe that God will. God will. Come on, Peter. Come on, Peter. I know you denied him. I know you messed up. But grow, Peter. Grow, Peter. Come after me, Peter. Come follow me, Peter. Come follow me, Peter. Peter. 